0: You are now listening to
1: Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. It is the sad reality that this is the fourth time Steve and Sam are recording the funeral episode for the new york yankees another season another disappointing effort in the playoffs as the yankees are bounced in game five of the alds in 2020 sam i feel like i know how you're doing but how you doing
0: steve uh it's been a few days since friday and it's It just hasn't gone away. I mean, how that ended, how the season ended, uh, one like we've never seen before and hopefully we never see again. Um, It stings. It it still stings because coming into this year, I really thought the Yankees had a big advantage with the season being 60 games. They they had the pitching, especially – you look at Garrett Cole, the prize-free agent signing of really the, the decade for the Yankees, going back to CC Sabathia in that wild 2009 offseason. Only had to pitch Cole 11 starts in the regular season, 11 or 12 starts. They had the bullets there for the playoffs. Uh, he gave them a really good outing in Game 5, but they couldn't muster any hits and then we see what happens with Chapman and giving up the home run. It it sucks, but what it comes down to is the Yankees couldn't hit and the Rays got the big hit, and that ended the season. It's I, I, disappointing. It, it's really disappointing. Um, but I, I will say one thing, and we'll get into this. Uh, I am more concerned – not with how this season ended, but how things are going forward with the Yankees and the rest of Major League Baseball heading into the presumed 2021 season.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, we can touch on that a little, little towards the end. Um, but like you said it's a disappointing season. And I think that the most disappointing aspect of it, of besides some other controversial decisions, the, the fact of the matter is the Yankees' season ended with Garrett Cole pitching a Game 5 you threw a one-hitter. It was happened to be a home run. Then you got Chapman and Britton. I mean, you're if you build the blueprint for the Yankees' success in the playoffs, it's Cole, Britton, Chapman. That that's it. You don't want to have to use anybody else. That was the blueprint. It was worked. It looked like it was working. Chapman gives up the one hit, which is a home run. Um, the Yankees get three hits in an elimination game. That's uncalled for. You can't have that. It is, it had a shaky up and down season. And, and like Hal Steinbrenner said on Michael Kay uh, on Tuesday, is, you know, he's, he's really disappointed with the bats. After all the worries about the pitching and everything, you cannot score one run and get three hits in an elimination game. It doesn't matter who's on the mound. For all this Chapman, it, you know, it is what it is. He's given up four hits in the past three, four home runs in the past three years. Two of them have ended the Yankees season. I'm not blaming Chapman for that. Uh, he kind of, you know, we throw 100 in, it can go out 100. We, we've seen that often. But he doesn't, uh, it's just overall disappointment. And it, it really does suck that it comes down to the Yankees not getting hits. The Bronx Bombers, especially after the, the, the wild card series where they scored 12 runs and 10 runs. And then in game one of the ALDS, they scored nine runs. You know, you're you're averaging 10 runs a game after three games in the playoffs um, to only get one. And that's kind of been the story for the Yankees the past few years. Despite everything about screaming for pitching, uh, come elimination games, you know, even dating all the way back to when we lost the Astros in 2017, it's been the bats. It's been the inconsistent bats, the all-or-nothing bats, um, that that top-to-bottom the lineup is. When you're relying on that, you don't win. It's an overall disappointing season. Uh, even it's a short season, so it, it is. You know, technically Yankees wouldn't have made the playoffs without the additional help from Major League Baseball. Um, but you move on; you go from there. Uh, before we talk about twenty twenty one season, you know, already there was some good, and it starts with John Carlos Stanton. That guy was unbelievable in the playoffs, and it, he deserves the, the praise of Yankees fans.
0: He absolutely does. And it, it got to the point where, yeah, f- uh, five homers in five games. Yep. Uh, just Six overall. Mashing, mashing the baseball. Um, and, and really, he was a joy to watch uh, this postseason for the Yankees. And like you said, he deserves a lot of credit because I saw a couple people mention this on Twitter. Aaron Judge. Struggled for most of the postseason, you know. Hit the home run in Cleveland, hit one in uh hit two in the race series, but overall he struggled. I think those three home runs were 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 made up three of his four or five hits, um he struggled a lot. And if you flipped the, the judge and Stanton postseasons um, I feel like you'd have you know people bashing Stanton and not looking to bash Judge here.
1: But, no, but I completely agree.
0: Yeah, Stanton really, really showed uh, the Yankees what he could be, and really, uh, I'm looking back to his tenure with the Yankees. He gets here in 2018. Obviously, that was the biggest move made in Major League Baseball that offseason. He plays in 150 games or, or so. He hits 38 homers, 100 RBIs. It was that summer. It was right after Judge suffered the, the broken wrist. You know, Torres was hurt. A lot of members of the Yankees offense were hobbled. You, you know, Hicks, yeah, had the issues at first base with Bird, uh, Bird and Voit. Sanchez was awful that year. Stanton played on a bum hamstring for the better part of five weeks um, and even stepped out in the field f- for some of that year. And he was a warrior for the Yankees and carried, carried the offense for a point in time. And then you go to 2019 with the, the, the biceps injury, the, the knee injury. Yeah, that was a wash. And then, yeah, he was hurt this year for a portion of the sh- pandemic shortened season. But look what he did in the playoffs. Um, he's opting in here. John Hammond said he's not opting out of of his deal. When we talk about looking ahead to what the Yankees are going to be next year, the number, you know, one of the top things I'm looking at is if Stanton can put together a full season, because I really think we could see something special before he was injured this year. He looked like a new guy at the plate. He was not chasing pitches that he normally chased. I thought his approach was so much better. So when we talk about the Yankees in in the next year or so, one of the biggest storylines is going to be if Stanton can stay healthy because I think we can get an MVP-type season from him.
1: Yeah, I completely agree there. And, but the biggest thing is the, the stay healthy part of it. Um, and kind of as Stanton, as the season went on, he was pretty common. He's like, I need to be healthy for the playoffs. And that's what should matter. Like, look, yes, I want him healthy for 162 games. But, you know, we saw last year that he wasn't healthy for the playoffs. And, you know, he didn't play every game. And, and it affected the Yankees' lineup big time. This year, completely healthy for, you know, Stanton in terms of it. And tears the cover off the ball. You know, he was slugging over 1,000 His, you know, had six home runs. Like I said, six home runs that were all, you know, what, 100, 420 feet? Absolute bombs. He wasn't chasing pitches. He was working the count. He looked really healthy. Um, And completely compared to to Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge batted 130 at the playoffs this year with, with, you know, he had the three home runs. But, you know, Luke Voigt batted 200 this year. So combined, Luke Voigt and Aaron Judge hit about like 150. And, And, you know, Stan hit 300 and, you know, had more home runs than the two of them combined. And if you said if, if the revolts were reversed, there would be some serious Stanton bashing being about, you know, and I get you, I get it has a lot to do with money. You know, Judge and Voigt aren't making money yet, but, you know, Judge is about to get a nice good raise. You know, Voigt's heading into arbitration. He's going to start getting some money. Um, so the, the, that that argument is going to be, you know, Stanton will always make more money than the two of them. But like you said, he's not going, around, going away. He's going to be here for seven years. He's got a no-trade clause. He likes it here in New York. Um, and if you get a healthy Stanton – you never know but it was really nice and impressive to see him it, what he could do in in this postseason and what a threat he is for the Yankees um and this kind of goes goes through the whole lineup here you know DJ did, did did great but had a couple opportunities where he left a ton of ton of guys on base uh Gleyber Torres he looked like he was healthier as, as the playoffs went on um there were there was a lot of there was even a chatter I forget who said it during um d- during the ALDS that that the Yankees weren't too happy with the shape that Torres came in, coming back from the from the layoff into summer camp, and that definitely showed. Um Bat Torres uh, got to be in shape coming into the year, and just gonna be a, that's a huge piece for the Yankees moving forward. He had a really bad year in his first year at shortstop. Are the Yankees confident that he's gonna be the shortstop of the future, or are they gonna be looking to make moves this offseason that could affect you know where, where Torres plays? Um, so I, I think with Stanton, uh, I think. Torres is the number two guy for um, the, the future for the Yankees and where they go, kind of with with the lineup and and looking into free agency because because he's a big part whether he's at second or if he's at at shortstop for for the Yankees.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right, um, and, and you know he's
1: 23 years
0: old. Uh, this is we were talking about coming into the season a, a guy who could could be an MVP candidate. Yeah. Uh, you know, 38 home runs last year it was tearing the cover off the ball, looked like the next big thing, um, and it, it didn't really amount this year. It was hurt. Uh, when he played, he didn't look very good. And
1: Went the, right back on the IL for a little bit.
0: Yeah, and the being out of shape thing is something I totally buy into. I mean, he's 23, and like everybody else, you know, was locked down. um you know, in the quarantine, uh, you know, I don't know if, you know, if he has somebody, if, if he lives with anybody. I, I can't blame him this wife. year. I can't
1: blame anyone this year. This is going to be kind of people are going to hate it, but everybody gets a free pass. Like, I know you're professional athletes, but like, I'm, I'll am give labor Torres a free pass for coming in a little out of shape after this ridiculous, you know, pandemic season. Because he looked really good in spring training before it stopped. Um, so I can see how you could just be like, well, like we're never going to play this year. So it doesn't matter anyway. And then trying to have to ramp it up and that leads to injuries and baseball is about timing and it could take 60 games to get your timing.
0: Yeah. And uh, the the Yankees are located in the Northeast. Now, I don't know where he was during this, um, during this period, but, Steve, uh, I mean, we both live in the Northeast. Uh, this area, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, I mean, you couldn't go to a gym. Uh, you couldn't go to a gym in New Jersey until September. Um, New York, I think it was something similar. And in PA, I know it was, you know, July in some areas. But, uh, but, I mean, New York, New Jersey, if he stayed in that area, really couldn't do much Um So, so yeah, I I get it. I am giving him a pass. And even some other athletes, I mean, what we've gone through, what what everybody has gone through in the last, uh, or what everybody went through from March to, yeah, people started going out more and stuff started opening a little bit more as the summer got underway. We have never seen anything like this. So if he was out of shape a little bit, so be it. And you made a good point about him looking really good in spring training before, this whole thing shut everything down, but yeah, like like you brought up the point of me mentioning Stanton going in the 2021. Uh, when we're talking about Yankees players, uh, Glaber Torres has to be number two or three, and we're gonna talk about a player I think we could transition into him <laughs> right now.
1: Go for uh, it, and
0: that's Gary Sanchez.
1: Who? Yeah,
0: <laughs> because all eyes were on this guy. Uh, in the Yankees playoff series against the Tampa Bay Rays, and rightfully so. Kyle Higashioka catches game one, hits a home run. Um, they put Sanchez back in the lineup for game two. He goes 0-4, and we don't see him until game five. He catches the last two innings when Mike Ford pinch hits for Higashioka. Terrible I don't <laughs> know what the future holds for Sanchez, uh, this is and there's no way of getting around it he's one of my favorite Yankees uh, this is three subpar years in a row uh, by by his standards by what we saw in 2017
1: yeah um, and I think even if we take 2017 as the outlier um, and kind of look at 2019 as a possibly what, what we would see from Gary Sanchez he played 106 games in 2019 34 home runs 77 RBIs uh, average two thirty on base percentage three sixteen, like not great numbers for you know on base percentage. Uh, um, but the home run numbers were there. If we take that as the baseline here, Gary Sanchez still had a terrible season compared to that. You know, he batted under one fifty. Um, his, his on base percentage was was barely two fifty. Like that, that's inexcusable for someone who is a a hitting catcher. Um. But there's a lot that goes into the into the season, like you said. It's uh, it was a, a weird year. Uh, I think no one would be shocked to be like, oh yeah, Gary Sanchez probably wasn't in the best shape coming back from that, coming back from it all, and he's got a new catching coach, new catching stance, which I didn't didn't really benefit or didn't really help his his needs. You know, the the, the one legged approach kind of is the opposite of what what Gary. Um, it kind of plays into his weaknesses more of not being able to, to get down and, and stop balls. Um, and maybe it's a little, maybe it could all be a mental thing, but he has two years left to control. He made five million dollars this year before you know the, the shortened season. He's probably going to be making about six and a half next year. Um, and the Yankees have to decide: is that what they want for their catcher? Can they actually use him as a full-time catcher? You know, Kyle Higashioka did okay, but that's a thirty-year-old catcher in his first ever real time action in Major League Baseball. You can't go into next season with with Kyle as your backup if you don't trust Gary. Uh how Hal, Hal uh, said on the Michael K show that he believes Gary will bounce back to the player that they think he is. So as of right now, Gary Sanchez is going to be the starting catcher going into the Yankees 2021 season. Could I agree there be some that. I agree with that too. I 100% agree with that. It's but but I, here's what I think is is that you move on from Higashioka and you bring in someone who is is better than him? Um, and I know people are being, uh, thinking that Kyle could be kind of the same type of player, but there there are if the Yankees are going to spend a little money here, um, get a backup catcher that if you need to catch a hundred games, you you are confident he can do that. And I, I don't think Kyle is, is that guy. I don't want Kyle Higashi becoming a, a hundred game catcher or something because if it is if this is the end of Gary and they 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 do try 2021, but it goes as a disaster. There, there needs to be um, like an oh shit clause there, and it's not Kyle, um, so that sucks for him because he, I think he's out of options. So I don't know where, what what's left for in his career, but the Yankees I think should go in with Gary Sanchez, hoping for a twenty nineteen esque bounce. Like, look, dude, just hit two thirty and hit thirty home runs. It's, I don't give a shit. Just don't hit one twenty or one thirty. Like we're not setting the bar high here. He doesn't need to be a 300 hitter with, you know, a 400 on base percentage. Uh, I don't, I don't need that. Just don't be unplayable. Like he was a lot of times this year. And uh, it's going to be, I don't know. It, I, I don't, I don't, the Yankees aren't going to non tender him and let him go for free. Is there a trade market out there for him? Maybe if you're, if you're a team out there that wants to take the risk and see if the Yankees will bite on a few like a uh, lottery tickets, call up cashman, see what you got i think as we've seen the past few years cashman is not going to sell low on his players so i don't think gary's Sant a trade for gary i don't think someone's going to present a, a trade for gary that cashman's going to be like yeah we have to do it
0: yeah you're right and i like what you mentioned about his 2019 season i should i the end of his 2019 season he, he definitely fell off a little bit which is why i said you know categorize it as subpar but 34 home runs in 106 games, 230, and the on-base percentage could be a bit higher. But if he gives you that out of the catcher spot, I'm fine with it. Uh, Out of the catcher spot, that's huge. Yeah, uh, it really is. And if the the defense uh, improves a little bit, you know, like you mentioned, he had the new catching coach, catching stance. And, again – I, I totally agree with you. If, if by some chance he, he wasn't in the best shape uh, w- when he came uh, back to the, the summer camp, I could easily see that. I,
1: I don't like um, making excuses. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm not going to make excuses for for Le'Veon. Oh, or, or not Le'Veon. Sorry, Le'Veon Bell just got cut and it popped up in my head. <laughs> um, but for, for Gleyber Torres, but like there there is a – do players get a pass for, for this year? And it's not like, no. The answer is no, but I understand if they're not in, in full shape. And that, I don't know, that sounds kind of stupid, I guess, to say out loud. But, like, yeah, uh, I'm fine with the fact that that, that that is is a possibility, that they are athletes who should be in great shape, but we're not. Um, and we'll have to see. There's there's some catching options out there for the Yankees. Uh, get it over with now. I don't think they're signing JT Ramuto. He's going to get – a. 180 150 to 180 million dollar contract. The Yankees aren't giving out that type of money here right now for for Romuto, especially when I think the main competition is going to be the Mets. So I think that pipe dream is out. And what what's the option there? James McCann and Kyle Higashioka as your 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 tandem for for catching. I'll take one more risk with Gary Sanchez. That's I could be wrong, I could be eating crow all next season, but I'll take that risk.
0: Yeah, I would too. Uh even if he can get back to his 2019 form, I'm not not expecting the 2016-17 ride that we saw. No. But and I don't and I, I don't expect contract.
1: the contract extension. I expect him to play out this year, play out next year, uh maybe be traded at the end, of, you know, trade deadline 2022 as he heads towards his free agent year. But, you know, the Yankees have been spending a ton of draft capital in the catching position. I they're, they're years and years away. But I, they're gonna ride the Gary Sanchez wave here at least one more year, and um, you know we could be back here in February and look like complete idiots because they dumped them off for a Double A player. But I, I just don't see that happening um, at all. For so, so the good news, kind of, of, we complained about people not being ready for 2020. Uh, Garrett Cole was ready. First season in pinstripes, pandemic season. Wife has a baby right as the season's about to start. Uh, couple slow starts here possibly maybe due to Gary Sanchez behind the plate but overall Garrett Cole lived up to the expectation of that massive contract the Yankees have their ace performed well throughout the playoffs here went on short rests for the first time in his career game five um, just to get some good news in the podcast Gary Cole was awesome this year and he's a Yankee for the next eight years so that's awesome
0: yeah and against the Indians, thirteen strikeouts. Uh, you know, solid start in Game One against the Rays, and then really emptied the tank in Game Five against the Rays. Uh, and this is a guy who I'm really sad that we didn't get to see for a full hundred sixty-two. And God willing, I hope we do in uh, for the twenty twenty-one season. But uh, yeah, he's the Yankee for the next eight years, and. Watching this guy was was such a joy. Uh, I mean, we both live uh, out of market. I have the the plan to watch the Yankees um, on, um, you know, my TV. Must watch. Oh, yeah. Every time. That was the one one game, you know, I really wanted to be in front of my TV for um, every week, you know. It was the summer, out and about a little bit. But when Garrett Cole was on the mound – I felt like I I really, really wanted to see the start and that 99 mile an hour fastball up in the zone followed by that wicked 89 mile an hour slider is just so, so awesome to watch. And this is a guy that's going to be starting game one of a lot of postseason series um, going ahead for the Yankees, hopefully. So it was really good to see him this year. And, uh, When we talk about Higashioka uh, and the numbers that Cole put up with him behind the plate, when you factor in that relationship kind of, and not to backtrack here a little bit, but do you think the Yankees would have a little bit of extra incentive to keep him around knowing that him and Cole really hit it off?
1: I, I go no. I'm, I'm the, against the personal catcher. If you're an ace of a baseball team and you're making $300 million, you should be able to catch to a brick wall. Like, yeah, I know they – and Cole talked really highly of Sanchez. He talked really highly of, of Higashioka. He, he's uh, he, he's a locked-in, lasered guy. If the Yankees go into 2021 20, and be like, hey, Gary Sanchez is, your, is pitching – to you, you're pitching Gary Sanchez all year. I don't think Cole's gonna have an issue with that. I don't think he's gonna be like, well, I actually prefer Higgy. Um, um, but it's, comp- I mean, yeah, they could do it. I'm just against the personal catcher thing. He should be able to to build a relationship with anybody and be able to kind of pitch their game together. Um, so we'll we'll, we'll we'll have to we'll just wait and see there. Um, he pitched, like you said, he pitched 12 games this year. Uh, he clear Shane Bauer, Shane Bieber is going to win the AL Cy Young. Uh, Garrett Cole might get some, you know, second or third place votes. If this was a full season, I think the way that Cole was pitching, I think he comes back and steals that for, from Bieber uh, in a full 162 game season. Uh, the, the short season, I think, hurt him there, and, and um, just just had a couple of outings where it, it just wasn't there to start the year. But uh, given the long term, there, I, I'd put money on Garrett Cole winning the Cy Young for the Yankees next year. He he, he was that good down the stretch, uh, and like you said, awesome in the playoffs. So it's a uh, It'll be a cold day every uh, every fifth day for the Yankees for the next you know, eight years. Um, and you can't you can't knock him for anything he did, even in the postseason. I thought he could have gone a little longer, um, but that kind of leads into our 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 next topic here of managerial decisions. Um, you know, they went cold for five and a third on short rest. Totally understand it. Um, Stilling was at ninety four pitches, I believe it was. I thought he was going to try and get. I thought he was going to try and convince Boone to let him go one hundred and ten. But, but but Boone didn't want him to give up that home run. That's, I think that's why they made the change. And, and they, were was great. they were
0: getting around on him. They were getting around on him. No, them. I know they were.
1: I know they were. Yeah. But, and and it makes it made sense. Like I wasn't terribly, but then, you know, and Britton came in and did a great job, but then it kind of had to extend Britton a little bit and then you extend Chapman a little bit, and here we are out of the playoffs. Uh, but the biggest managerial decision here or organizational decision it, it was Game 2. Um, we could talk a lot about Game 2. My personal quick thoughts are, if you get to Game Five and it's one-one in the in the seventh eighth inning, what happens in Game Two means absolutely nothing. Your your that is in the past and, and shouldn't affect it at all. So I, I don't like the the tweets and the the radios commentary say the Yankees lost a series in Game Two like they didn't. That's not that's not what happened at all. We have no idea if Davey Garcia gets lit up in the second inning, and we have no idea if Hap pitches awesome if he starts the game. But the Yankees went with Garcia. It was a big announcement. And he was pitching Game Two. He was the youngest starter to, for the Yankees, um, one of the youngest starters to ever pitch a game for the Yankees in the postseason. Surprisingly, though, Hap is up at first pitch in the bullpen, and the Yankees bring him in to start the second, and, and it goes downhill from there. Hap didn't seem on board with it, which is another issue I really have with it there. But it, the uh, Hal Steinberger said the idea was sound, the execution was terrible, um, and I agree with that. That the Yankees tried to outsmart the Rays, they probably shouldn't have done that. The Rays are much smarter, and it backfired, um, and they lost the game. I don't think it lost the series because the Yankees were in it in Game Five in the seventh inning, but it was a a big knock there for the their, you know the the, the fuck boon crowd and the analytics crowd. Um, overall disaster of a game two.
0: Yeah, uh, that was a wild turn of events um, when when they announced Garcia. Uh, for game two, and then haps up at first pitch. I... And some, you know, you can call BS, and h- whoever can call BS, I had a feeling that some shit like this was coming <laughs> once they announced Garcia. I, I I had a small feeling that, not not just one inning, but that it was going to be Garcia for one turn. I thought it was going to be... One turn through the order for him, and then... Yeah. And then Hap. I did not expect them to pull the plug after one inning. Uh, I, I knew there was something up a, a little bit, or, or not new, I had a feeling. But I thought they were going to go Garcia for one turn, and then go to Hap to try to hammer, uh, bring bring home a 2 nothing series lead. But, yeah, that was a wild decision, and... They tried to outsmart one of the most, or the most, you could say, smartest team in the league, and it totally backfired on them, and they lost. But I'm right there with you when you say this was uh, the the people saying the Yankees lost the series in Game 2 because it just was, you know, not, just not true. The Yankees were there in Game 5. What happened in Game 2 doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, and then and, I and in the end, they lost.
1: The, the other thing that kind of disappointed me after you know listening to everybody talk, you know, Cashman, Boone, Hap, Garcia. Um, you know, Garcia seemed fine with it. He's like, yeah, they told me this was po- very possible that it was going to happen. Um, and, then, and then Hap was like the opposite. He's like, yeah, I, I didn't want this. Like in the end, he took full responsibility and said like, when I'm pegged to pitch, I'm going to go out there and try and pitch my best. And I didn't, I didn't perform. Um, and then when he was pushed on it, he was like, yeah, like, this is not my preference. My preference would have been to start the game. I told you, I told uh, Boone that, and it is what it is. My the thing here is that, that Happ wasn't great against lefties. So, like, even trying to steal the um, kind of, you know, flip the script on the race for the lineup here, it didn't really do that much. Like, Garcia was fine versus lefties. Uh, I You know, I... I don't have the numbers here to, to prove the point here, but like it didn't actually flip the script. It was just like, okay, like they batted 250 against Garcia. Like then they still bat 250 against Hap. Like it didn't really do that big of a deal. So like the like you said, they they, they picked up the, the smartest team to try and outsmart and it failed. You know, we have no idea how the game would have went either, either way. But like if that was the position of Hap, then why not have Jordan Montgomery be the guy that come in and Hap be the full game four pitcher? To me, that would make a lot make more sense. Montgomery's probably not going to complain and not going to push back on Boone saying, "Actually, I prefer to start." He's going to be pumped that he's going to be pitching in his first playoff game, um, and he did awesome in Game Four. So we're going to credit to Jordan Montgomery there. But if, if if your intention was solely just to flip there, then why not go Montgomery and then have Hap as a full game four starter? Hap was pretty good. Uh, towards the end of the year actually most of the year he was pretty good he was better than David garcia this year the the numbers prove it make sure that guy is happier like montgomery struggled most of the year he might have welcomed the opportunity to to go in this opener type game and and see what happens and and, you know like we said we don't know what was gonna happen but um pitched really good in game four if he got you know garcia got that one inning Monty gets the four innings that he got in game four yankees probably win game two and then who knows what happens in game three or four. But then let's say they win game two, Tanaka, same event happens. Tanaka loses game three. Now you have a happier HAP starting game four with a chance to close out the series. Like that would have been the, the move that I think would have made more sense. I think more people would have been on board with it. Um, but, you know, dwell on it all you want. That, that's the move the Yankees decided to make and, and, it, and it didn't work.
0: Yeah, uh and it sucks. Uh, we're here you know a few days after the Yankees are eliminated and, and yeah, the the 2020 season's over and the the Rays are playing the Astros in the ALCS. Uh and I hope they
1: keep the shit out of the Astros. I think we yeah, and, we, we get, uh, we're clear on that, right? The Rays beat us, good job, awesome. Knock the teeth out of these cocky Astros, please.
0: Oh my gosh! It's it's the, they're they're acting like there's some underdog story. Get the hell <laughs> yeah, out of here,
1: please, please. But uh,
0: uh, yeah, so the decision in retrospect, I don't think it's something they're ever gonna do again. Uh, or um, I remember the the last team who tried doing it. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Brewers in 2018 against the Dodgers. Uh, they brought somebody out and then. They brought Wade Miley out to start the second inning. So, and I believe they lost that game. So I, uh, I'm not really sure this strategy um, pays dividends in the
1: end. But, uh, but it's a decision. Yeah. De- de- we got decisions we're gonna live with, with 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 Cashman and Boone. Um, and comes no shock to anybody that Kyle Steinbrenner confirmed on Tuesday that. Aaron Boone will be back as manager of the Yankees. He had, the team has an option for his final year of his contract. So they could have moved on here without ever, ever actually having to fire him. Um, but he will be back. Cashman will be back. These types of anecdotal decisions may happen again. We'll, we'll have to see. But Sam, we know the two of them will, will be back. Let's run through a list here of some players kind of to, to wrap up this shitty season uh, of what could the 2021 roster could look at. Um, rotation has been the biggest thing for the Yankees for years. We know Cole's going to be there, but we have Hap as a free agent Tanaka as a free agent, Paxton, Paxton as a free agent, you know, Davey Garcia should have, I, I would assume locked in a position in the rotation going into next year. I think Jordan Montgomery locked in a position going into the next year. Um, Severino still won't be back till probably mid summer. Domingo Herman, interesting comments today by by Hal. He's not guaranteed to come back. So the Yankees have a, at least kept counting, two rotation spots guaranteed up for grabs to start next year. You think any possibility that those are those three free agents of Tanaka, Paxton, and Hap are back?
0: I think Tanaka is the most likely. Uh I wrote about this early in the season. Uh I think, I think he's the most likely. Just you know, based on what he's done with the team, uh, how the Yankees are going to be spending money though this offseason, I think the other two are goners to to be clear, Paxton and Happ. I don't see them back.
1: Right. Happ after his comments, there's zero chance he even has a conversation with Cashman. Right? They they probably won't won't talk again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I agree. Um, but looking at Tanaka, it's and it. This ties in everything. How are the Yankees going to spend money this offseason? Uh, Hal Steinbrenner came out today with Michael K saying uh, they were hit harder than any team by the COVID pandemic, and I, I agree with that. That that, that, that kind of lines up. Um, and where you look at where the, the Yankees are in the country and the uh, – policies you know the guidelines and everything uh he was asked if fans are going to be back in the ballpark uh, and he's like i know as much as you guys do uh, i don't see fans coming back r- really and i mean did they
1: it could happening. easily be Go until in. it could be empty till summer next year easily
0: yeah oh yeah empty and not even limited empty yeah and i Uh, so, so that's going to play a huge factor. The Yankees are already down a boatload when it comes to that. So how they're going to be spending money is really what it's going to come down to on on the decisions with the starting pitching and, uh, we'll get into some other free
1: agents too, but
0: that's really the bottom line on all of this. Uh, Are are they going to be shelling out money?
1: Uh, Yeah, I I could see him going for more of the bargain, the bargain aspect of it, um, you know, like a, like a Gosman type player, um, you know, hope Tanaka comes back on a cheap deal. If they're not spending money, you know, just you know, Clark Schmidt got the opportunity here to um, to be a full time you know starter. Um, he kind of got the the rough end of the stick this year with his appearances, uh, but the Yankees aren't. I don't, I don't think the Yankees. The Yankees will sign a couple veterans. They're not going to go in with um, a lineup of a, a, a rotation of Cole, Garcia, Schmidt. Um, and, uh, who am I missing here? Cole Garcia. Oh, and Monty. There's like, there are four, then find a fifth starter here. Like, that's not it. The Yankees need a, a true number two. Um, and hopefully Garcia is that maybe Clark Schmidt is that I think Clark Schmidt's awesome. Um, the, you know, the more, but you can't, you can't hope that they become the two. You need something there. Uh, I like to knock back. Like I said, I definitely think that's a, a plausible option, but then I kind of think about it more. Um, you know, what, something that sounds good is like, what's, what's Todd knocker going to take? If the Yankees aren't spending money, uh, do they try and get like a, a two year deal with a third team option, similar to the, to the HAP deal that they gave to him a few years ago? What happens then if a team like the angels, a West coast team, where a lot of Asian players like to play, Offer a full four-year guarantee deal, he can go out there and hang out with, with Shoei Otani and be a little mentor for him and be on the West Coast closer to his hometown. Because don't forget, Tanaka had some pretty scary comments that he took his family back home because uh things were not going well for his family in Florida during COVID. So he might want not, might not want to have his family be in Florida, you know, going into next year and might want to prefer a team on the West Coast. So there there's some other aspects to this. For Tanaka, that don't make it as big of a slam dunk as I think it. We all perceive it to be.
0: Yeah, you're you're right about that, and that's that's a good point. Um, uh, about uh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing here. This was back in April uh, about the comments he made about yeah uh, yeah. So and the Angels make a lot of sense. They need starting pitching. Uh, they spend money in uh, a lot of. Uh, the players who who come from overseas uh, like to play on the West Coast because uh, yeah, of course it's a you know six hours closer to you, you know their home uh, you know Japan. Um, so
1: I think the Yankees are the favorite, but I I don't think it's you know a ninety percent slam dunk like everybody else thinks it is.
0: Yeah, especially with how we're both questioning how they're going to spend money and if they're going to be showing out any big contracts. Uh, Steve, I'm I'm wondering this. Uh, from from both of our perspectives, uh, we're talking about the starting pitching, uh, and arguably the Yankees' biggest free agent is DJ LeMahieu. Uh, yeah. What? What do you think is a, a bigger priority, say, between a, a Tanaka and a LeMahieu? I think it's LeMahieu, just because of what he did for the offense, but. I'm not dismissing what Tanaka's been uh, to this rotation for the better part of seven years.
1: I, I don't want to say it's Tanaka. I would say it's Lemayhew or a legit number two. Because I, I think Tanaka is now like a, a fringe three guy. And I think he's been, I you know, I love everything about Tanaka. But, you know, maybe I'll just because his playoff performances weren't that good. Uh, maybe uh, it's more the do they want to spend the money on, on a number two guy or do they want to spend out like DJ LeMayu it's pretty simple for me you go him you ask him what do you want You're like hey a four-year deal what number do you want and you give it to him that's it DJ LeMayu is such a nice guy he might write oh four years I'll take 80 mil and the Yankees will be pumped sign done that's way too low I think a four-year 100 million dollar contract is on the table for LeMayu and I think that's that's where the Yankees will spend their money And then that's where it could knock him out of the of something like a four year contract for Tanaka, Um, you know that definitely knocks him out of the the Ramuto. Like I said, I think that knocks him out of the the Trevor Bauer. He's definitely the best starter on the mound for free agent wise, and I would I would love to have Trevor there just for the chaos he'll cause for everybody in the New York media. And he only wants a one year deal, so that's not long term money. You're locking up there, but I don't think the Yankees are going to be signing a guy like that. so it's going to be interesting because the starting pitching market is thin. It's thin. And so I don't think the Yankees are going to spend too much. I think they're going to try and lock in Tanaka for a cheap deal, sign LeMayhew for, let's say, his $100 million deal. And then where do they go from there for the rest of it? Do they go and, you know, do they finally get Robbie Ray? You know, do they go for a Mike Minor? two guys that were not good but got traded at the deadline this year and still didn't do good? You know, the, 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 the market is thin. Do they use... This is the move, actually. uh, This is the move that the Cashman has done many times. That's how we got Paxton. Is do they use their 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 farm and trade for a guy? You know, we we thought there was a possibility for you know Marco Gonzalez at the trade deadline. I think the Yankees need biggest move the Yankees will make besides signing DJ DJ Lemayu is making a trade for a number two, number three starter. I think it could come at the cost of Miguel Andujar. you know, Joel Sherman brought up the case in point here. Maybe it's uh, Luke Voigt. Um, I think that'd be a shock. He even mentioned Glaber Torres, which I'm, I'm taking off the table now. But, you know, is there an option where you... you what if you bring Didi back for a deal, move um, Glaber back to second? You got DJ now as your everyday first baseman. And then you got Andujar and, and Voigt and maybe Clark Schmidt to dangle for uh, a legit number two.
0: Yeah, uh, and I did see what he said about Voight. And when we're talking about Judge, Voight, and Stanton in the same lineup, uh, all three right-handed hitters, uh, obviously. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Voight come up in conversations. I I don't think there's any way Gleyber Torres does. But this is an interesting crossroads. And I I think when we talk about how the Yankees – and how they're going to spend their money this offseason. It's definitely a, a trade could be in the works. I don't really see any place uh, for Miguel Andujar on the Yankees. No, no. Uh, I I hate to come off like that he's talented. Gio Urshela is the everyday third baseman. Uh, there's no way around that. The Yankees have a logjam in the outfield. And with Judge and Stanton on the roster, uh, there's not going to be any... Um, DH battles or DH at
1: bats, and Duhar has to so. has to be moved.
0: Yeah, and h- how much leverage the Yankees have in terms of their ask for a return on that uh, is up for debate. But
1: it'll, yeah. it'll be he'll, he won't be the main piece. He would be something that's included in like a, a Clark Schmidt deal or you know some other lower end pitchers, uh, you know Medea or something like that, where you know it's going to be that. Who knows? And then I think the Yankees have to do. I think the Yankees are kind of switching over to the, the rest of the pitching here. I, I think the Yankees will spend money in the bullpen. They, they've proven year after year that they're willing to spend big money in the bullpen, um, and I think they have to. Tommy Kaelin's out for the year. He has, is a good non-tender candidate because he's probably going to be out all of next year. Um, you know Zach Britton, we should opt into that contract to lock him in for the next two years. Adam Adovino struggled. He was not trustworthy. The Yankees didn't use him much in the playoffs. Could they could they team up an Aravino and an Andujar for uh, to make the, the deal better and then go out and and sign a reliever, um, you know like like a Liam Hendricks from Oakland, you know I think that could be a, another move that that Cashman looks at. Um, so it'll be interesting to see there because I think they're the the bullpen. I, I I I like you. Johnny Lasagna can throw a ball 100 miles an hour, but if it's on a straight line, it's going to go out 110 miles an hour. So he needs to get a little better here, you know. Um, the, the, the rest of that bullpen leading up to Britton and Ch- Chapman could, could use some help, and the Yankees have proven that they, they'll they spend money um, on the bullpen.
0: Yeah, and uh, I really like Johnny Lasagna as a reliever. I, I think he can be good. I think he could be that Chad Green type where he can go an inning or two, uh, possibly have some opener action, but... Yeah, the Yankees are always looking to address the bullpen. That's, that's you know, that always happens. Just like, it did, it did you know, they signed out of Eno you know, a couple off seasons ago. Uh, the, the trade for Britain, the going back to the trade for Chapman. They're always looking to address the bullpen. And, um, it, you know, that really goes back to, Brian, I was just thinking of this when you brought it up it really goes back to when they missed out on Cliff Lee and went after Rafael Soriano, uh, yeah. to set up for Mariano hey, Rivera. Good, good I throwback. Mean, if, if it's one thing we've seen Brian Cashman really close the deal on, it's bullpen guys. Uh, and the, the Yankees make it a priority and I'd be shocked to see them not make a move in that department. So, uh, Hendricks would be awesome. Uh, you know, and there's a long list. I mean the, that's the market
1: that's the market the Yankees. There's Hendricks. There's um who else is out there? They've got, you know, Alex Colomb from the, the White Sox out there. Shane Green's available. You can take some some low end guys that got that were amazing but got hurt and Kirby Yates, Ken Giles. Like there's a lot of bullpen arms out there. Um, whereas, you know, the starting market, the starting pitching market is kind of thin and eh. You know, is the Yankees move let Tanaka walk if he gets a big deal? Maybe sign James Paxton to a one-year prove-it deal and then spend money again in the bullpen. So uh, it, there's, there's a bunch of options looking into it. I mean, it's, it's November. I mean, not November. It's not even November. We're in mid-October trying to figure out what, what, what Cashman's going to do, which is the worst. It sucks. <laughs> but it, but it's, yeah. it's where we are. Uh, you know, for the, the postseason priorities are, are lock, up, lock up LeMayu, um, find a trade partner for Andujar, and then find your number two, number three starter, whether it be uh, a, a Tanaka or another free agent or, or you know, that part of that and do hard deal is to get that back. Those are the three priorities. Um, and I say, number four is figure out what you're going to do in left field. You know, they're, they're big on needing that lefty bat. And Brett Gardner, you know, played most of the postseason and played it well. He has an option to come back. Um, but how do you not give Clint Frazier the opportunity it's been so long that he deserves that opportunity. Um, so maybe it's you know you say goodbye to Brett. Uh, Mike Talkman sucked this year. I don't care if he had a good average. He had like one of the lowest hard hit rates in baseball. He he had it regressed massively from his his breakout year in 2019. So not not a he shock. Looks,
0: he looked good early on too. It was like the last six yeah. weeks of the season. He sucked.
1: Um, so you know, there could be your, you know, there's your lefty bat on the bench, you know, or if they don't trust, but they let Gardner go, don't trust Frazier, dangle him for um, a pitcher, and then go out and sign a, uh, someone else. Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, there's, I think he's aren't signing George Springer out there, but he's he's kind of like the, the top outfielder on the market. Um, I go in with Frazier. I tell Gardy thanks um, and kind of see that that frees up some money. To, to to get some other ways. But then I think you need a lefty bat off the bench. That's not Mike Talkman or Mike Ford.
0: Yeah. Um, so there's a
1: lot to do. There's a, there's a lot to do for, for the, for Cashman and the team here um, because clearly what they've done the past few years hasn't even gotten them to the world series. You're
0: right. And what you said at last, Steve hasn't even gotten them to the world series is a tough, as a tough thought because there there's been, you know, 2017, our first year on the pod. I mean, we really thought it was going to be a rebuilding year or whatever. The Yankees were one-win away from the World Series. And then 2018 out in Stanton, that was supposed to be the year? No. And then 2019 and now, you know, this shortened season in 2020. Um, and the lefty bat off the bench is definitely something that is a priority. Uh, how about this? They tell Gardner to, to come back kind of is that fourth outfielder's role? Mm-hmm. Do you think he do you think they could
1: sell him on that? Yeah, I think he could. I think any contract that they offer to Gardner, he'll take. I don't think he's ready to give it up. I think he understands kind of what the the role is and, and what Frazier is. And if that's an option that I need it to be like a true like platoon though. Like I need Frazier I need Frazier to play like 70-80 games. No, more than that. I want Frazier to play 100 games next year no matter what. If Frazier plays 100 games and Gardner plays 50 and Talkman is your 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 fifth guy, I mean Talkman has options. There's no minor league this year, but Talkman has options. Send him back down to the minors. I don't care that he's like 29 years old. Um so yeah, I could live with that. That that's fine. Um but I yeah, like the Yankees aren't going to be spending money. No matter I think they go with one year. And I going back to the void talks. I'm all over the place here thinking about 2021 now. <laughs> um I I think the Yankees run it back. I think they run their lineup back as is for 2021, except maybe the, the that Frazier is the full time guy over over Gardner in left field. Um, I think they they just they don't move Glaber or or Voigt, and they they go with the excuse that you know who knows what you know what could have happened in a normal year, um, and then that gives them the option after next year, thinking ahead ahead, if there is still a bunch of issues, they haven't spent that much money except for the D.J. LeMayhew this offseason, they then could now look to trade Voight after next year, slide D.J. over when he's going to be 34 years old, put um, Glaber back at second, and then you have the biggest shortstop free agent market you'll have in decades. You know Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, and obviously Francisco Lind- Lindor all to hit the market next year. So this could kind of be like, we, talk, they, you know, we talked about it for years, being like the Yankees are saving up for Manny Machado and um, Bryce Harper. That's why they're not spending. They're saving up. I could see 2020 is the year where the Yankees don't do anything big in the, the 2021 offseason waiting for that shortstop thing to pop up. Give Glaber another full year at shortstop. And if it's not there, he's 24 years old, turning 25. Move him back to second, and you got your pick uh, of shortstops in free agency.
0: Yeah, you're right. That ridiculous shortstop class. I, I know up. I'm missing
1: another one there. Is uh, there, there, there's I think there's four. Javi Baez, I think, is there too.
0: Wow, you're right. Cause I mean, he was up in twenty. yeah, He was up in yeah. So so
1: it's Correa, Baez, Lindor, and Trevor Story all on the market at the same time as of right now.
0: That's that's remarkable, Steve. We're we talk about next season and you know a full season. What does your gut tell you right now? Because for me, I, I it's things things are a little hazy. Um, uh, this thing really broke out in the spring, uh, and
1: uh, for like if there is gonna be baseball, like they're quite, there...
0: quite frankly, I like don't away from MLB you know, what are the, like we think about what the NBA and NHL are going to do with their seasons. I'm really wondering if we get a fully normal spring training, 162 game schedule. I, I, I'm, I'm going to bet against no for that right now. Uh, and okay. I hate, I hate that. I'm, I hate that I'm on that side of this because it's, I don't know. This, this thing is still out of control. Uh,
1: I'll, I'll take the other side. ain't the, the- They'll get 162 games in. I think it's going to be limited fans for a while, depending on what state you're in. Uh, probably down in Florida, they'll probably build a bigger stadium to fit more more people in because they're dumb as shit down there. Um, but I think you'll I think you'll have a 162 game season. The question, uh, the biggest question, is, is is the minor leagues. You know, there, there's going to be a lawsuit, kind of like a, a a big issue with the minor leagues there and in with spring training. Like there, that's that's a lot of people, but. I give it hope. I think the NFL, you know, where the, the Bills and Titans are playing on a Tuesday right now because of their their COVID issues. But I think come spring training next year, we've seen NFL go through training camp with a lot of people. I think spring training will be okay. It's it, look, it's, it might never be normal. It might never go back to what it, to what it was. But I think we'll get a 162 game season. You know, shout out to the the Adam Silver in the NBA, just absolutely nailing. Um, you know everything they did in their bubble you know quarantining works clearly cuz the nba did it um but like i said this didn't affect the the future seasons like it did for base like it did for basketball and hockey like both of those seasons should be ramping up now like there should be you know hockey season should be starting right now and both of them aren't starting until until january so there's a multi-year domino effect of this where i don't think that'll be the case for for baseball it'll be i think 2021 is going to start on time limited fans but for all other purposes it'll be it'll be back to normal i mean i'm optimist i hope i'm right but you, you're you could be right you, who knows what's going to happen in january and february you know baseball starts in february spring training we could have you know maybe spring training's pushed back to, to march who knows
0: yeah and uh it was really like late february when this you, you know the virus started becoming you know first few cases and everything Um, I just, with the travel, what MLB emphasized this year and, you know, they really, it, for me, it was remarkable how there were no big outbreaks aside from the Marlins and Cardinals in the first month. So, um, the, the 162 games and the travel, um, I still think there's going to be tight restrictions for players on the road, uh, for uh, for sure. But I-, I hope I hope you're right uh, that we can start everything fully normal. Obviously, the fans won't be there in uh, full capacity, more more than likely. But I really, really hope. Uh, we get baseball right around my birthday, April 1st, uh, because that's always something I look forward to on my birthday, watching a Yankees game. Uh, But that wasn't the case this year. Uh, So, Steve, we both hope that uh, this can get –
1: 2021 is going to be better than 2020. We're marking it down. It's going to be better for for the country and, more importantly, for the Yankees because – the 2020 season is over. I mean, there has the champion will be crowned in a few weeks, but we we're, we're looking ahead, Sam. it's it's time to to get the Yankees on track to become 2021 champs. A lot of work to get done. Got to every year we say, got to rebuild the rotation here. Um, you know, got to make sure that we have more consistent at-bats across the lineup. Um, so you know, I, I I always think I don't. Cashman is someone who doesn't make rash decisions, so I don't expect anything huge to come. Um, but it'd be great. My ideal, what my all right. Let's end it here. What's your ideal, ideal post, uh, ideal free agency winter meetings, ideal off season here? For me, it's sign DJ Lemayu four years, hopefully under a hundred million dollars. Sign Trevor Bauer one year, twenty eight million dollars. Sign Tanaka two years, let's say 30, $35 million with a third year option. Um, and then go for that. Those are, the, those are the big things I need there. So then you have a rotation of Cole, Bauer, Tanaka, Garcia, with Schmidt and Monty going for the five spot. Same lineup uh, as, as years past, but sign a, uh, upgrade the backup catcher role um, TBD. That, that, that's what my ideal post. My deal, I keep saying postseason because we're still that. My ideal off season for the Yankees. What about you?
0: Everything you mentioned with. <laughs> it's a good know, plan. I know. Like, <laughs> Lemayhew. No, no. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna add some stuff. Lemayhew, Bauer, and, and Tanaka. That would be an uh, absolute slam dunk. Uh, Bauer's I, the
1: dream I, scenario. I. I. You know. It's. It's highly I, unlikely, but we could We could dream on the pod.
0: I'm gonna. Propose something for the LeMahieu contract. Maybe you make it three years and, and you, you load some cash in there uh, instead of uh, four years and um, ninety million. Maybe you go um, three years, uh, seventy-five million. You know that extra, you know, little yeah. bit of cash flow um, with a fourth-year option. Uh, potentially uh so maybe try to work the system not go four years uh, he's thirty two who yeah. knows what that's gonna be he keeps saying he's gonna just sign one year deals um I don't know how that's gonna work out for him and uh <laughs> yeah Tanaka um that that's a good what you proposed uh the, the the two years and then the third year option I wrote earlier in uh it was back in May. The uh, I compared it to the Dallas Keichel contract um, that he yeah. received from the Chicago White Sox. Uh, three years, $55 million. I, I proposed, given Tanaka, uh, a little over $60 million. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen now. Uh, but I think that's a benchmark for what Tanaka is going to ask for. Uh, Keiko's a former Cy Young Award winner, something that Tanaka didn't have under his belt. But I think that's what Masahiro Tanaka's agent's going to be asking for. I I think that's a good benchmark. Three years, uh, $55 million uh, that that Keiko got from the White Sox. Um, I want to see Miguel. I I love Miguel Andujar. I want to see him package with somebody. Get a starting rotation arm get a, a reliever uh, a, a dominant reliever um potentially you know a marquee guy in that back end um yeah no, that's uh, seven that seven
1: that bridge to to Britain needs to be addressed whether yeah, it be the, out, I, you can't go in trusting of and that's crazy because you know before the playoffs last year he was one of the more unhittable guys in baseball
0: yeah, and, and then that Astro series rolled around, and he was hanging sliders um, left and right. So, uh, yeah, that bridge, because it, it felt it felt bad for me to say this, and I, I tweeted about it. Uh, Green was going on three days in a row. Uh, I, I like
1: Green. I forgot about Green. I like him.
0: I like him. Yeah. Um, had he pitched in game five, it would have been his third day in a row. Yeah. Uh, that bridge to Britain to Chapman needs to be uh, addressed, though, because, uh, like you said, the Yankees by going to them for like six out, five outs for Britain, and then seven outs for Chapman, uh, they, they they really didn't um, uh, express much confidence. A guy I'm looking at, Steve, the the Yankees can again possibly maybe a Miguel Andujar, Clark Schmidt. And this was rumored last offseason, and even around the trade deadline, Josh Hader uh, of the Milwaukee
1: Brewers. Ooh, I, I mean, Sam,
0: bringing this Ooh. guy to uh, New York would, would, would All be right. something.
1: Uh, that's a, that's a great addition to my plan. That uh, we're going to add Josh Hader to it.
0: Josh Hader, that would be that's really, a big package.
1: Yeah, that's a big deal.
0: Uh, yeah, especially if the Yankees address the rotation with a, with a Bauer and a Tanaka, uh, a package of Miguel Andujar, you know, Clark Schmidt. Um, Plus, yeah, yeah. Florial and maybe another guy. And you get Josh Hader, who stats really weren't great this year, but, uh, I mean, how much are you going to judge off 60 games? Uh, this guy is like a power-up that never runs out in a video game.
1: Yeah, uh, that'd be he nice. is
0: absolutely electric. To watch on the mound and if the yankees can find a way to get this guy i think when we're talking about a big trade watch i like it good men
1: good mention good mention there small market team always looking to save money um yeah that's a good one that could be you um, could you might need to throw in a clint frazier for something like that too um all right i think we're gonna we got plenty of time to figure it out here uh, as always, guys, thanks for listening to podcasts and In Pinstripes. Um, each week, I think Sam and I text each other saying, let's try and keep it to 35, 40 minutes. And we're over an hour on, on a funeral episode that we, we didn't want to do. So as you know, we love talking Yankees baseball. We hope you guys listen, you like listening in, and uh, we'll be back next year. Uh, and hopefully around this time, we're, we're talking about a World Series episode followed by a championship episode but until next time.
0: And, and hopefully we can attend an in-person parade. Yes.
1: With, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> like the 09 one. There you go. All right. As always, it's Sam and Steve here. You can follow me at Angel steve 89 and Sam at uh, real underscore Sam Mars. Um, our tweets will probably be bashing the Giants for the next few months, but eventually they'll oh. go back to Yankee stuff come winter meetings and rumors and all offseason. We, lo- we love you guys and appreciate it. Sam, as always, a pleasure, man.
0: Always a pleasure, Steve. Year four is in the books. Can't wait for year five.
1: No, man. Let's do it. Let's go, Yanks.
0: <laughs> Eventually. Let's go, Yanks. <laughs>